0: Welcome to The Thrive Project. I'm Coach Lisa, owner of Born to Thrive CrossFit and also Born to Thrive Mindset Coaching. This podcast is going to give you effective tools and strategies to help you finally learn how to thrive in life. Come along with us on the journey and discover your best self. Hi guys, and welcome to Thursday and another episode of The Thrive Project. Thanks for listening to our episode last week. Got lots of great feedback on that and uh, really enjoying hearing those comments when they come through. So if you are listening on iTunes, feel free to drop me a review and a comment. Um, Also, you can catch up with us on our socials, uh, shoot me an email, shoot me a DM if you've got any um, questions, queries, or anything you want covered in the podcast. This week we're going to talk about habits and how we go about changing habits whether they be good or bad or we want to go from you know bad to better. One of the practices that I work with uh, clients that I work with is habit-based change. So rather than having people just do wholesale changes to their lives we work on small incremental habits that they can change and bed in and then that way the the overall project of change becomes a lot easier to manage, not so overwhelming, and there's more chance of success because we make small, little incremental changes. Then, once they're bedded in, we build on that. There's a really great book on um, habits uh, called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Highly recommend you give that a listen or a read as well. Lots of good information. But habits are really just part of our ingrained patterns, behaviours that we have either allowed ourselves to develop or have been developed for us. Um, you know, as children, we have a lot of programming that is filtered down through parents and educators. So we pick up things from that. And then we, we you know, sometimes carry those through our entire life. Now, some of our habits serve us very well, such as, you know, uh, showering, brushing your teeth, getting out of bed. They're all great habits to have. But some we have to work hard to either maintain or even change. And with a habit, um, changing a habit, it can be quite uncomfortable because it takes some time for that to become a natural part of your process. Uh, For example, if you wanted to cut down drinking, give up smoking, start a new gym routine, all of those things take time and you need to create conscious effort and conscious action first before it then becomes unconscious and you're just doing it, it's just part of your normal routine. Now, I know most of us as, as ad, adults or even all through your life, you've never had to think really about, you know, why do you brush your teeth before you go to bed? People just do that and that's just what you were taught and you are told that that was a best practice or the way that it was done and then you just went right on ahead and did it um, and you've continued that potentially throughout your entire life. Um, why do we have lunch at lunchtime or, you know, breakfast? Some foods are defined, people define foods as breakfast foods. So they wouldn't dare dream of having cereal at 6 p.m. at night for dinner, even though that would be perfectly acceptable. But this is the ingrained pattern and behavior. Now, some of those we don't want to change or we don't need to change. They're not affecting our life in a negative way. But quite often the habits that we, when we think about habits, most people are drawn to bad habits or less than ideal. I, I really like to label things as good or bad. It's just less than ideal, particularly when you're working hard to, to work on your wellness and changing your life and you actually want to you know, create every opportunity to get to a goal, particularly if the goal is really important to you. So what I want to talk about a little bit today is about habits and uh, some strategies and, and tools for how we can work on changing those. So, when we talk about habits, there's usually three elements to the to the habit. It's there's a trigger, so something that triggers you to uh, to take that action, whether like I said, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. Then there's a behavior that follows. and there's a reward because our our brain system, our brain thrives on rewards. As humans, we love rewards. We're almost like giant labradors, really. Um, and that reward is usually in the form of a dopamine hit because we feel good about something or something made us feel good, whether it be, you know, uh, smoking, drinking, uh, you know, watching, you know, too much Netflix, any of those things can be, you know, drive our reward centers and our reward behaviors. And we get those hits of dopamine, we feel good, and away we go. Now, sometimes though, the reward has some negative aspects to it. And that's what we, that's why we really want to change that habit. For example, smoking uh, the reward from that that people might perceive that they get is you know feeling calmer uh, less stressed um, whatever else, I've never smoked but whatever else uh, feelings they get when they have a cigarette or you know if they if it's drinking um, you know they feel like they're unwinding they feel more relaxed and they feel like that that's a reward at the end of a long day and that triggers those reward system centers in our brain now, Too much of that can clearly have negative effects and also there are rewards which really aren't rewards, Um, you know, such as, you know, excessive consumption of alcohol is going to lead you to potential liver and kidney disease, brain malfunction, inability to function socially or, you know, anger issues, all of those 50 million things that can come up can exacerbate anxiety, depression, all of those things. But, um, so that's not a reward in the, this is going to make me feel good. And sometimes there are consequences to that action. So if anything, it's not a reward, it's a consequence going, yeah, if I have a few drinks, I know I feel really good. But then if I go past that point, here's also what happens. And that doesn't make me feel so good. So maybe I want to change that habit. So let's talk about triggers. The trigger for a habit is something which Uh, doing, seeing, being will actually make you do that action. So for example, uh, for someone who, let's just talk about the smoking one. If they are triggered by, they have a couple of beers, they know they're going to have a cigarette. So that's a trigger there as if they were to go to a pub or a club, have a couple of beers, socialize with the same friends that also smoke. That's going to trigger the behavior to uh, light up a cigarette. And then the reward you get from that is that social interaction, um, you know, and the, the perceived feelings that you get from having that. Now, other triggers could be if you're following a s- same path to work every day, you know that you're going to go past a certain store, you'll be able to call in and it's just routine for you to call in or it's habit to call in and, you know, you buy your cigarettes there. Um, when you go in, they already know what you have, they put them on the counter. Very simple um, trigger because you're going past that, your body will feel the urge to have a smoke, even if you don't think that you want one. And I know I'm using smoking, but it could be for anything. Because you've gone past that um, place that you associate with it in our brain, it's like when I'm in this place, I do this thing. So your brain sends out those signals and you go, oh, yeah, I could really go with the smoke. Oh, I need to go and buy a new packet. Oh, here I am. And before you know it, you've got another new packet of cigarettes. And that's how unconscious it can happen. Once habits are so ingrained, and they can be quite tricky to counteract, particularly when we're talking about habits in the wellness space. And the behaviour is the action we take based on that trigger, all right? And the reward is what it feels. So if we were talking about I want to quit smoking, so what are some triggers that I can do that are going to um, when I see it, when I'm aware of it, or the action that. It, Take is going to lead me towards not smoking. So, not smoking is my end state goal. That's what I want. So, when I think about that, um, the trigger of going past a store and that's my routine to go in there and buy my cigarettes there, one of the triggers can be in response to the good habit is to take a different pathway to work and not go past that store. Because, in all honesty, you'll go past a million stores and won't have the same urge than if you walk that particular way. And my behavior will be. Go another way. So, my trigger is that store. My behavior is to take myself on a different route that does not go past that store. The reward I get for not buying cigarettes, um, you know, I feel better, fresher breath. Um, I'm not socially excluded where I have to go outside and smoke, saving money. Um, one of those, uh, a trigger you could set up when you're giving up smoking or anything that costs you money as a habit is have a jar. And when you think that you would go and buy cigarettes or have a bank account set up, um, rather than going and buying the cigarettes, transfer that money and have that as into the jar or into that account and save up. So my trigger is, I feel like buying cigarettes. I'm going to take that money and the behavior is I'm going to take that money and I'm going to transfer it into my account. That's going to build up. My reward is seeing that account build up, and I can use that for something super meaningful you know, a holiday or new wardrobe or, you know, getting the nicotine stains cleaned off my teeth, all of those things that you could do with that money. You see quickly and it's kind of a self-fulfilling and self-fueling action because you see that account balance rising and you feel good about yourself because now you're saving, which is another great habit to be in, and you're not doing anything that's detrimental to your health. You feel good about yourself that you've taken control of your habit and that you are working towards something significant for you. So those are amazing rewards. They fire those uh, dopamine receptors off, and you feel good about yourself. You feel confident. Another trigger could be avoiding that social group that you're in. Now, this is a little harder. For example, if you're trying to, um, you know, your friends are friends, but you know, you may need to do that for a few weeks, particularly when you first decide to to quit a habit like smoking or drinking, is to get out of that environment. Because if you're trying to give up something and everyone else is doing it, it makes it really, really hard for you to do that. And you're really just creating barriers to your own success by continuing to be in that environment. Now, if your group of friends is Nice and tight, you know, you can explain to them what you're trying to do, but you won't be around for a couple of weeks because you need to get past that initial. They should be all cool with that and totally supportive of it. And whilst not socializing, so the social group is the trigger and the behavior is not socializing with that group. The reward for that kind of feels like, oh, well, I don't get to see my friends. But the reward really is you're setting yourself up for success for your goal of being a non smoker. Now, the other really important thing in having a habit that you want to change or you're working towards is having it linked to a very important goal. That goal needs to be meaningful and something you can actualize and visualize very, very clearly. So in this case, it would be I'm a non-smoker and I would sit and I'd visualize and think about what it feels like to be able to take full breaths of air and not have my lungs collapse and having a coughing fit. Being able to run around the block and being able to taste food again and not having my lungs want to implode. You know, I can exercise and don't feel like every, you know, I'm gonna lose a lung um, during that process. Visualizing what does a non-smoker look like? What do I look like as a non-smoker? You know, my fingers aren't stained, my clothes aren't stained, I'm confident and strong, and I'm can say yes and no to things. I'm in control of myself rather than just going along with the herd. So by having that goal, that's going to drive that reward because you know that you're taking actionable steps towards that goal and you're actually making progress. Now, some days it might be teeny tiny and it'll be a struggle, but if you're keeping that goal at the forefront and you can visualize it, you can almost visualize it so clearly that you can touch it and see it and you can really see the sort of person you're going to be in this state, makes it much easier to stay on track. So that's a bit of an example of a bad habit or a less than ideal habit. Um, If we're talking about creating a new habit, so in that same vein, if we're having our bad habit or less than ideal habit being give up smoking, what am I going to replace that with? What's a positive habit I want to create, which is also going to help fuel me overcoming that bad habit? So a good habit I might create is I'm going to join a gym and I'm going to start working on my wellness. Now, as everybody knows, the first week that you join a gym, particularly not so much CrossFit gym where coaches are there to keep you accountable, but you know, just a regular Globo gym, you know, you pay 15 bucks a week and they don't care whether you're there or not. You're all excited. You got your new runners, your new training shoes. You might've lashed out in a training outfit and a fancy new water bottle and you, you're you good to go. You're going to go in, go guns blazing, which is fine for a week. But once that motivation drops off, and we did talk about this in one of our earlier episodes, The Myth of Motivation, it's going to make it really hard to stick with that because it's not a habit yet. It takes time to form that habit. So one of the triggers that we could have for the habit is going, okay, putting up on the fridge or somewhere very visual, um, here's my training schedule for the week. Here are the days I'm going to classes or I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go do weights. Pop it up on the fridge, put it in your calendar on your phone so you know your schedule for what you're going to do up ahead. And these that's your commitment you're making to yourself for your goal. So the trigger is every time you see that, you know that you're going to, this is what you're working towards and then your behaviors from that will follow. Alternately, if you find that you know you're a little, you've decided to go at six a.m. in the morning, but you're a little bit of a um, a sleepyhead of a morning. Mornings aren't your thing. Put your training gear right down, just right beside your bed, so it's the first thing you see as soon as your eyes open. You look at it. It reinforces that behavior that you're going to take of go to the gym. You remember the goal that you have in your head about how you're going to look and feel for going to the gym, and that's going to help you have the feet hit the floor. Another little trick you can do is using your phone as an alarm but put your phone on the other side of the room so you actually physically have to get out of bed to turn it off. Trick here is do not go back to bed. That's a little flaw in the plan. You need to stay up, get dressed, action creates action, get dressed, get out the door, whether it's a run or the gym, get going. So that's the behavior that would follow the trigger of seeing my gym clothes And my alarm goes is I'm up, I'm dressed, I'm out the door. And here's the reward, is you get that rush of good endorphins from training, from using your body the way that it was designed to be used. If you've done a class, you've hung out with some cool people, there's been some high fives, you've had some laughs, it's a perfect start to your day. And you know that you are, every day that you go and train, you're one step away from where you once were and you're getting closer to where, one step closer to where you want to be. So if you had a specific goal, for example, you're training for a marathon, um, part of that can be you'll see your kilometres clicking up, you'll see your endurance building up, you see you're running further, faster, a little bit quicker. That's your reward and that's firing. You're proud of yourself. You actually get to reflect on what you've done and be proud of your achievement and that fires those reward centres in our brain and you feel confident and again the goal linked to that is what do I look like what does me being fit and healthy look like what does it what does it seem and spending some time really sitting and visualizing that in crystal clear minute detail so you can feel it like you know what it's like to feel strong and confident in your body you can see yourself walking around you know running for the train and and not missing the train not having to take a lift being able to run up and down the stairs you know, getting on the train and not dying for the first twenty minutes of your trip because you know you're out of breath. Um, all of those things are the way you want to feel, and that's a reward is you know you're getting closer to that. And you'll notice those incremental steps as you go. Changing any sort of pattern of behavior takes time and conscious effort. But over time, it then becomes a more automatic. It's just part of what you do. The same as when you get out of bed, you make your bed, you get dressed, you go to work. You don't have to think about that. That's just what happens. So part of it would be, it just becomes natural that you go, I'm going to the gym at six o'clock. You don't even think about it. The alarm goes, you get up, you throw in your gym clothes and go. I've got a lot of members who come to our 5am classes and that's just their routine. That's what they do. They, If they don't come at that time for whatever reason, they feel like their day is all disjointed because it's, that they've missed something in their day, something you know, missed something important because that's just the ingrained habit and routine that they have. All the little neural pathways have been fired and and formed up and this is just part of their daily life now. But again, they had to go through a bit of that short-term discomfort to get that long-term benefit. What trips us up a lot of the time as humans is that we don't like going through that short-term discomfort and we feel like it's never going to end But if we do, then we get the long-term benefit. Otherwise, if we take the other short-term benefit of sleeping in for an extra hour and not training, we don't then get the long-term benefit of getting to feel better about ourselves, working towards our goals and getting closer to the person that we see ourselves being. Rather, yes, it felt good to sleep in for an hour, but now I'm that much further away from where I wanted to be and what could I achieve today if I'd got up. And then that can lead you into the cycle of a little bit of beating yourself down or beating yourself up about not getting up and I failed. And then you can very easy to get back into a cycle as, oh, well, I've ruined it all now. I'm not going to go anymore. What's the point? I've missed one. And there is that old saying that uh, if you've got a car with four wheels and one of them goes flat, like, what do you do? Do you just give up and walk away on the car. No, you change that one tire and you keep keep rolling, keep moving. Um, it's still perfectly usable. Like you don't go and just slash the other tires. Um, but unfortunately, as humans, sometimes we're wired to, to be a little bit all or nothing in our approaches. And that can be a little bit tricky for people to manage. When I talk to my clients about habit-based change, it's about making small, small steps. So for example, in the case where you know, if someone wants to start a wellness journey, you know, I'm not going to suggest that they start with, you know, right. Yep. Come to the gym six days a week. We're going to start people off new, you know, three days a week, just commit to three days a week, take a day off in between. Then gradually, once that feels achievable, they'll start adding in another day here and there, you know, start. If you're looking to change your nutrition, start with one meal, it do, you don't have to suddenly clean everything out of your house, throw all the food out and go, right, I'm living on ice cubes and lettuce um, and dirt for the next, you know, six weeks till I can fit into X outfit. It doesn't need to be like that. Change just one meal. And I guarantee you for most people, if they change up their breakfast, because a lot of people don't actually have breakfast, um, many have a less than optimal breakfast breakfast, if you want to change that up for something, you know, of higher quality and a bit more sustainable or even start having breakfast, you will start to see tangible results in your wellness from just that one small change. Cutting down from five cups of coffee to four a day, then to three, then to two, if that's your goal. Very small steps because once your your system and your body gets used to the first step, then we can layer on. It's a bit like the example I gave last week of climbers who climb Mount Everest. You know, they get to base camp and they hang out there for a few weeks, then they go up to camp one and then they come back down, re go up to camp two, then they come back to camp one and then re down at base camp and so on and so forth. And they do about three cycles on average up until they eventually head all the way up to base camp four and that's where they're going to make the push for the summit. During that process, they had lots of up and down to acclimatise and they took small steps in that rather than racing straight to the top, which absolutely can be done, but not really advisable for your average person who's just paid, you know, their $60,000 and just wants to have an adventure holiday. That's not the way that you would traditionally do that. So it's about having those small steps. Don't overwhelm yourself. Where it has to be all or nothing change. Because then, if something goes wrong and you come across an obstacle, you are going to drop the ball and give up because it's too hard and you can't see a way around it. And perfection will never be attained. You cannot eat perfectly every single day, every single meal, every single minute of your life. That's not sustainable. You're going to have social events, you're going to hang out with people. You want to lead a life that is sustainable, that you can embrace and enjoy not just feel like you're deprived all of the time. So if you go the whole hog and go, nope, I'm never eating those things again, you're more likely to regress and and fail on that simply because it's just too much and too big. Small incremental habit-based change really is about getting results and processes built in. And it's almost like a system for your body. So for me in a business, I have systems and processes which outline the way that things are done. And so it's the same for my body is if something goes off track, track, I have a system or process to put me back on track. So if my routine is I train every morning and I food prep every weekend, and then one week I've eaten like a two-year-old that's been left alone in the pantry cupboard and haven't trained, and instead of sitting there going, oh, my God, it's that's it. I've ruined it all. I'm not doing anything because I've got no idea how to get back on track. I have my system start training at 6am again tomorrow. This weekend, let's start meal prep. All of those things set me up for success. And there again, they started with a small habit. So making time to meal prep. Again, the trigger for that, I need to meal prep for my week. My behavior is to do the meal prep, meal plan, meal prep. And my reward is I don't have to think about food all week. I've got my meal sorted. I know I'm, they're nutritionally sound. I know I'm looked after and I'm Getting ever so closer to my goals. So, I guess in summary, don't try wholesale changes at once. It can be quite hard and overwhelming. Get a coach to help guide you through some of these the changes you want to make. Whether it be a personal trainer, uh, coach at the gym, some one-on-one sessions, a nutrition coach, mindset coach, anything that you want to change, get someone on your team to help you. It's very hard to row the boat by yourself. I highly recommend that you get a coach to help guide you through the process and also help remind you of your systems and processes so when you go off track, they can bring you back to your centre. I have business coaches that do exactly the same for me. When I start chasing squirrels and worrying about all the things in the world that aren't important, they they bring me back to my systems and my processes and my core routines and my goal. Like, is this a problem or are you making it one? And is this getting you closer to your goal or is it just, you know, busy work to make yourself feel good? So they're important questions that a coach can ask you and to to give you that outlet when you feel like it's all too hard and you can't keep going. So that's it for this week on changing habits. If you have any topic suggestions, hit us up on our socials, um, born to thrive underscore mindset coaching on Insta or born to thrive crossfit on Insta or Thrive underscore coach underscore Lisa, all on the Insta. You can slide into our DMs, send a message, any feedback, thoughts. Uh, Otherwise, Facebook for Born to Thrive CrossFit and also Born to Thrive Mindset Coaching can hit me up with a message through that um, and be happy to have a chat to you and see how we can help you. All right, team, go set some goals, build some habits around it, start taking actionable steps today. Remember, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It just has to be something. The easiest way to get to your goals is simply to start. And starting is the hard part, but once you get started, action builds, creates action. So you've got that. All right, team, we'll chat next week. Hope you have an awesome week and reach out if you need anything. Thanks for listening to The Thrive Project. Please connect with us on social media, on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to leave us any feedback, please send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.